from Manchester, England, this is ETC Radio, offering verse-by-verse King James Bible studies and teachings to students of the Word of God. We are the UK's premier father and son Christian ministry, reaching the world with the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ through radio and internet access. You can contact us at www.excatholicsforchrist.com That's excatholicsforchrist.com Or you can write to us at ETC Ministry Care of Pennywise 15A St. Andrew's Court Bolton BL1 1LD England You're listening to In Times Coming Radio from Manchester, England. It's now time for our Evangelical Sermon by James Battelle. We hope that you enjoy the following outreach message and please do contact us for any prayer request. God bless you all in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so a blessing to you all. And here we are in Switzerland. We arrived a couple of days ago and it's been a great opportunity to get the Word of God out. We've distributed about 1,000 tracks during our first day here. 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. outside our local train station and back again in the evening from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And I've got some video of that, which you'll probably watch after this video to get a flavor of the environments and the people that we've been witnessing to, but a great blessing. This is our second full day here, and we think we've given out maybe 2,000 tracks or thereabouts, perhaps. I would say probably by the end of today, around 2,000 tracks would have been given out. But here we are in Geneva, and I'll just jump out of camera shot. And behind me is the famous building that John Walker Calvin occupied for several years. He was born in France, but moved to Switzerland. And he's a very difficult man to appraise when it comes to history, because on the one hand, he was one of the great founders of the Reformation and he allowed those in organized religion to get some light and come out of Roman Catholicism and yet on the other hand he ran a very tight ship we called it a police state and history affirms that he put over 50 people to death not directly of course indirectly but uh, don't forget that Hitler never killed anybody directly but millions indirectly, along with Joseph Stalin as well. But I want to be fair to him because, as I say, he came along during a very dark period in church history. For centuries, man was in slave, uh, in bondage, in slavery to Roman Catholicism. And Calvin, along with Zwingli and uh, Luther, were able to set those in organized religion free. So I do salute him for that. But his whole system of theology, the tulip, is highly problematic. And uh, what I want to do this morning, and it's currently snowing as I speak. In fact, it's now the afternoon. I should say we left our base in Lausanne at 11.30 this morning. And it took three hours to get here. We took a, several uh, wrong turnings and a couple of detours. But praise the Lord, here we are, mid-afternoon. And I uh, haven't got a lot of time today. We want to meet at the moment. And when we finish here... We go back to Lausanne to do our evening outreach. And at 7 p.m. we all gather around the shortwave radio to try and hear our evening broadcast. So it's been a very busy couple of days, pretty much working 12 hours. 
but uh, it's a great opportunity for fellowship. It's a great opportunity to get the word of God out. So if we can hit the 2,000 plus mark by Thursday evening, Friday morning, when we fly home, praise the Lord. But this will be a, a brief stop in our outreach to do a quick Bible study from this very famous square in Geneva, Switzerland, <clears throat> a very pretty part of Switzerland. But what we're really interested in is truth at this ministry. Never mind what you say, never mind what I say. What does the Word of God say when it comes to tulip? Total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. If you were to sit down with an honest Calvinist and ask him or her, did Christ die for everybody without exception? They will say no, he died just for the elect. Okay, so keep that in mind. Acts chapter 2, and I'm not sure how this is going to go. I haven't really prepared much for this. We've been so busy with the outreach. But let's take a look at verse 38 and see what the scripture says. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and baptize every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter is speaking to the house of Israel, first of all. And he's giving them the opportunity to be saved. And we go on the streets of this ministry and we preach the gospel to people and we give them a chance to be saved. Whether they turn to the Lord or not is up to them. They have free will. And if I get a chance, I'll come back and further elaborate on that. Look at 39, please. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise is unto you, Peter's initial audience, around 3,000 souls, and to your children, those that will be their descendants, and to all that are far off, in reference to all of Israel, the whole house of Israel, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now we know, uh, as we read through Acts of the Apostles, that the Lord, first of all, will grant repentance to the Jews, Acts chapter 5, then he will, he will grant repentance to the Gentiles, Acts chapter 11. So we call this progressive revelation. And here Peter is simply fulfilling the Lord's uh, promise to him. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. And he gives Peter the keys. And Peter uses those keys here, Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost. You've got three groups of people here. You've got Peter's initial audience. Three thousand, as I say, will get saved, but out of that three thousand, maybe a million people have gone up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord on the day of Pentecost. So the promise is made to his initial audience, to their children, physical descendants, if they are old enough, if they would be uh, of the age of accountability, to comprehend right from wrong, and to all that are far off. In other words, all the house of Israel even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And he will call everybody. He'll call the Jews, first of all, to be saved. And he will call the Gentiles to be saved. So with that piece of scripture, in fact, just before I move on, look at verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Now the ball is in your court. First of all, the Lord calls sinners to repent. That's his job, of course. But then he expects you and I and others to save ourselves from this untoward generation. But how do you save yourself, you ask? Well, you can't save yourself from sins. You can't die for your sins. You save yourself by believing. 
by turning from unbelief to belief. 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. He got a group of people that have appropriated the atonement, which means they have believed on what Peter has told them. They have turned in faith to the Lord. It says they gladly received his word and got baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So thus far, I don't find any limited atonements. I find mankind being offered everlasting life. And on top of that, I see mankind being able to receive everlasting life. So I don't hold to this sense that you are dead in your sins in the sense that you can't perceive right from wrong. I see man being dead as a sinner, of course. You're quickened in your trespasses and sins, but at the same time you are able to turn to the Lord because he's granted repentance. Acts 5, Acts chapter 11. Jump over to Acts chapter 3. Look at verse 26, please. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. It sounds like unlimited atonement to me. Unto you first, the children of Israel, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you. And yet, what do they say? Let his blood be on us and on our children. In turning away every one of you from his iniquities. When he hung on the cross, he took all of the world's sins on him. Jew and Gentile, male or female, makes no difference. He died for everyone and everything. So there you get a very clear picture in just two chapters of Acts of the Apostles, of the Lord's people, starting with Peter, preaching to the house of Israel. And those that believed, those that responded, got saved. And they got saved because God has granted them repentance, as I say, Acts 5 and Acts 11. And on top of that, he's given you grace to be saved. But John Walker Calvin taught that man was completely incapable of even tying his own shoelaces. I may be slightly exaggerating, but the point I'm making is that he taught that man was incapable of doing anything when it came to being saved. And that's true. You can't save yourself, but you can believe on the Lord. You can turn to him. In fact, if you don't turn to him, if you don't believe on him, then you really are in trouble because he's made it possible for all of us to be saved. Jump over, please, to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. And let's look at verse 38, please. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers, who received the lively oracles to give unto us, to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt, saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. It sounds like they've got free will. He get a picture of God's elect nation, Israel, and then they're not obeying him. They're not honoring him. It says, in whom our fathers would not obey. 
you won't come to me that you might have everlasting life. He doesn't say, you can't come to me that you might have everlasting life. He says, you won't come to me that you might have everlasting life. He wept over Jerusalem. The word of God says how he stretched out his arm all day long to again same people. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Saying unto Aaron, make us gods to go before us. For out of this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. Chapter 7 still, look at 51. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. You've got free will, my friends. If you're not a saved man, or if you're not a saved woman, you have free will. And if you are a saved man or a saved woman, you have free will. So there you are, three parts from Acts, looking at the truth of Scripture that people can be saved, that God expects them to be saved, and yet, if they don't get saved, it's their own fault. Second Peter, Second Peter please, Second Peter chapter 2, I think it is, Second Peter chapter 2, look at verse 1. But there are false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Did you get that? But there were false prophets also among the people, back in the Old Testament, even as there shall be false teachers among you, those in Peter's generation, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. They're going to bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. And bring upon themselves swift destruction. What's he saying here? He's saying false prophets are going to deny the Lord. First one, his day, but throughout history, and that's very much happened today, is it not? But on top of that, the Lord bought them. He redeemed them. He saved them. So there's no limited atonement. There is an unlimited atonement. But again, this is how it works. The atonement has been provided, but you have to personally receive it. Let's look at First John, and I'll close there. First uh, John, chapter two. Look at verse one, please. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation of our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You can't miss it, can you? If you weren't a Bible believer, you might think what was taught in this church 400 years ago, that Christ only died for the elect, that Christ was only interested in the elect, and if you weren't one of the elect, you were chosen for damnation. That's an horrendous doctrine. But the truth is this. If you don't receive Christ's gift of salvation, if you don't believe on Christ's death on the cross, then you are damned. And you go to hell when you die. Because you can't go to heaven because you haven't been forgiven. But if you turn to Christ and seek his forgiveness, he will save you to the uttermost. So I think what you've got today is a snapshot slightly unscripted, so my apologies, of what the Word of God teaches compared to what Calvinism teaches 
and still does. Tulip, as far as the Bible is concerned, is false, is flawed. It's simply man's vain philosophy, man's warped understanding of how God can be sovereign and where mankind fits into the equation. And the truth is this, that man has free will and God is sovereign. Now you may not understand that, but you were told to believe it. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You see, the ball is in the court of the sinner. Salvation has been provided for the sins of the world. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. You see? But you now have to believe on him. Repent. The word of God tells us from Acts 2. I read it to you. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sins. Now, I don't teach that as doctrine for today. That was Peter speaking to the Jews, technically still under the law. I preached the gospel of the grace of God, but I gave that verse to you to show how the early church presented Christ to the world. So I think that's all I'm going to say today. This wasn't going to be a very long video. We've been very busy over the last few days, and I'll just jump out of camera shot one final time as you get a good shot of this cathedral. Now just a museum, and I've got some video which I shot inside, which you should be watching now on the screen. And the books that they are now selling are very ecumenical. Books on Islam, Judaism, and who knows what else. If this place ever stood for anything, it no longer does. And it may have been possible back in the day that some folks perhaps got saved in this building, I don't know. But when I appraise John Walker Calvin, very much the father of the Reformation, very much a leader in the early church, a man who called Augustine my revered father. When I examine him, I am concerned. I'm concerned about what he stood for. I'm concerned about what he taught. And I'm concerned that much of what he taught is still being regurgitated in churches around the world today. I teach for the record that man has a free will. I've already made that clear over the last several moments. And I teach that God is sovereign. I teach that God sent his son to die for the sins of the whole world. That doesn't mean the whole world gets saved. That's universalism, that's a heresy. But that means that if the whole world wanted to be saved, they could be saved. But of course we know as Bible believers that the whole world doesn't want to be saved. And that's why the road to hell has to be wide. Because most people give themselves over to a reprobate mind. He missed it, Calvin, he missed that truth of scripture. And I think the reformers in the beginning wanted to reform the Church of Rome. And when that wasn't possible, they sort of split up and went in their own directions. So I think you've had a little snapshot, I hope, of some church history. I'm not going to condemn the man when it comes to his own salvation. I don't know if he was saved or not, and neither do you. I'm not interested if he was saved or not, but I'm interested if you are saved. Because if you're not saved, you need to be saved. I think sometimes we spend a bit too much time worrying about other people when we should be worrying about ourselves. So there you are, a special video for ex-Catholics of Christ from a very cold but uh, dry Geneva, Switzerland, and I hope you've enjoyed this clip, and I'll speak to you all soon. The Lord bless you, and Maranatha.
which is where we sign out and I'll just do a quick PS to my earlier clip that I made using the other camera because it's now flat that our work is done here for today we go back to Lausanne and uh, back to street outreach but as we are wrapping up this clip we are giving out tracks we are gonna get the word of God out as and when we can as often as we can I don't know if these people behind me during the day ever preached the gospel I don't know if John Calvin ever preached the gospel but we believe in this ministry that we should preach the gospel I mean audibly I mean on a soapbox if you have to I mean up close and personal if necessary but above all to get the word of God out and I'll say this is a quick wrap up that Calvin made a very bizarre statement that if you were to question his writings you were questioning the Holy Spirit which sounds like he was claiming infallibility a rather ridiculous thing for him to come out with but this is the problem you follow men not the Lord Jesus Christ so I think you've probably seen enough from me today and I just don't have a camera shot one final time and you can get a good look at this very remarkable building behind me but it really resembles nothing more than a museum history yes important for students of church history absolutely but as I've shown you the tulip isn't found in scripture and uh, if you want my advice you'll follow Christ you'll read the word of God King James and you'll check everyone and everything in light of Holy Scripture but as I say my battery has packed up and uh, forgive me for this little wrap-up but uh, I wanted to come to Geneva today to visit what is very important to students of history and uh, to warn those that are following Calvinism to depart from it because it also feeds into a placement theology the heresy that the church has replaced Israel which we reject very much at this ministry so there you are I'll sign out now a blessing to you all and uh, this has been James Mattel from Geneva Switzerland for ExCatholicsForChrist.com. The Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What a great message to be able to share with you all today. If I was to tell you that there are about 30,000 religions around the world and yet out of 30,000 religions around the world only one offers a saviour. And that saviour, of course, is Jesus Christ. You see, the reality is this. When you sin against God, only God himself can forgive you. And that's why the Bible says that God was manifest in the flesh. On top of that, when you sin against God, only God himself can forgive you. What you can't become is overly passive forever. Ten out of ten people will die. And the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after this a judgment. My banner tells me that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Which means quite clearly that not only is he our high priest, but on top of that, he is almighty God. But the reality is that we have a sin problem. Sin separates us from God. There are many myriads of sin. The number one sin that the word of God condemns is unbelief. 
And yet, ask yourself this, what is the date? The date, of course, is 2016. And no, that has nothing to do with Napoleon, that has nothing to do with uh, Charles Dickens, that has nothing to do with uh, Charles Darwin. It's all about Jesus Christ. Mankind has a conscience, and that conscience convicts him when he does wrong. That's why there are so many psychiatrists and psychotherapists. And that's why so many people are on medication. They're trying to get some peace. But the Word of God says, My peace I give you, not as the world gives you. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden and a burden. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But you see, mankind likes to hide from Almighty God. Mankind likes to create religions within religions. Mankind likes to run from Almighty God and embrace evolution, atheism. It's absurd, of course, but what can you do? Today's generation is on the run. Today's generation thinks it knows best. In fact, the Word of God says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And yet, everything points back to a creator. Look at the sun. Look at the moon. Look at the stars. They all point to a mighty God. But like I said a few moments ago, 10 out of 10 people die. In fact, we know it's around 8,000 an hour all over the world. And at the same time, 8,000 people are being born all over the world. What a great God we have. A God of mathematics. An all-sovereign God. A God who's made it possible for mankind to be reconciled unto him. But mankind, for the most, wants to do it his own way. I should know I was like that myself for many years. Yes, I was religious. I was a Catholic for many years, but I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't born again until 14 years ago. The Word of God says that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He's come to give us life and life more abundant. And people say, well, that's all very interesting, but I'm not very religious. Well, let me say this to you, if I may. If I was to spend maybe two or three hours here, and if I was to record all of the conversations that I might hear, people are going to mention God, they're going to mention Jesus Christ, many times as a cuss word. There's something about Jesus, there's something about God, which gets under the skin of people. The Word of God says how Christ lights every man that comes into the world. So you see, you can't avoid it, it all points back to him. But the Bible says, if you turn to him, if you believe on him, the Lord God will pardon you. On top of that, people say, well, I'm not overly religious, and yet when you get sick, and you die, and yes, you'll all die eventually, most people will want a Christian funeral. Have you noticed that? Most people want a Christian funeral when they die. How complex people are. The whole life they've been avoiding him, 
they've been mocking him, they've been blaspheming him, and yet when they get sick, they want a Christian funeral. And what did the world say? Too little, too late. And yet now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. We are here today for one very simple purpose, to present Jesus Christ to anybody and everybody. We've got free Bibles, free DVDs, Bible tracts, and we're happy to speak to anybody, pray with anybody who wants to, get closer to the Lord. If you're already saved but are somewhat out of fellowship with the Lord, we're happy to pray with you, but ultimately you need to be born again. The Word of God I see we are out of time for today, so please join us next time. You have been listening to ETC Radio. If you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour as a result of hearing this message, or if you would like to contact us for prayer, or maybe just inquire about further messages and free DVD Bible studies, you can do so via our website address, which is www.excatholicsforchrist.com. That's excatholicsforchrist.com. Or you can write to us at ETC Ministry, Care of Pennywise, 15A St. Andrew's Court, Bolton, BL1, 1LD, England. That's ETC Ministry, Care of Pennywise, 15A St. Andrew's Court, Bolton, BL1, 1LD, England. England.